0: I love the word intentional. It is proactive and purposeful and forward.
1: Welcome to Intentional Growth, a show that teaches you as a business owner and entrepreneur to view and run your company like a financial asset, which will allow you to enjoy work, create wealth and make an impact. This mindset will help you focus on building a more valuable business and give you the choices to grow, acquire, reinvest, or exit and live the life you plan for, all with intention. And now here's your host, Ryan Tansom. So figuring out who you are, what you want from your business and why is super easy, right? (laughs) All joking aside, we're picking up off of the last episode when I interviewed Bo Burlingham and we really unpacked why is that so important for us in identifying that to have clarity and intentionality behind our motives. And the big thing that I realized over years of interviews, I kept asking, like, how do we do that? People just, oh, just sit in your basement and think. And it's like, well, yeah, I don't know if that's as effective of getting to the answer. And then I interviewed Dr. Stacey Feiner a few months ago, and I just really, really resonated with her approach and her, like, multidimensional understanding of entrepreneurs and top performers, and then how to meet them where they're at. And then pull them to the point where they're she's pushing them to help them realize their vision. And It was at these concepts that she unpacked about how she did that, that I was excited about slotting this topic in this series about how do we identify who we are, what we want from our business and why. And the two things that I really resonated with is one is identifying our mental blind spots and becoming more self-aware. If we're not self-aware, we can't understand ourselves enough to figure out truly what we want. And then how do we identify all the people that are around us that rely on us as entrepreneurs we have a huge ecosystem so what we're going to be unpacking today with dr stacy Finer, who by the way just has a little background on her if you haven't listened to other episodes is she's a nationally recognized and innovative psychologist known for leveling up the output of elite performers and entrepreneurs she works with professional athletes and entrepreneurs and helping them identify the complex systems that they lead using the lens of psychology Dr. Uh, Feiner taps the invisible dynamics that make people tick and groups click in in your ear and uh, on your side is her is her phrase. Doctor Stacy Feiner coaches you to achieve the results you want in all areas of your life. I really enjoy talking to her because she is so multidimensional, like I mentioned, that she can actually meet you where you're at to build that trust and then to hold you accountable to the goals that you have identified. So when Stacey and I are going to be unpacking, how do we actually identify our blind spots? How do we become more self-aware? And then Who are all the people in our business and our lives that rely on us and how do we, once we're self-aware and identified what we want, how do we navigate like spouses in and out of the business or key managers that may be a family member or investors or suppliers or all these different people that are reliant on the business? all have a different lens and different motives that they are looking at when they're working with you. And so the better you know yourself and the better you can understand the stakeholder ecosystem, the better you can navigate all of that so you can, again, get what you want long-term from the business. So we're gonna unpack all these uh, topics so that way we can then tee up a couple more episodes in this series to hopefully make this journey easier on yourself that you can then chart your path forward because it's more clear on what you want and why. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and I really hope you enjoy this interview with Dr. Stacy Feiner. This episode is brought to you by Arcona's Fractional CFO Services. Arcona's Fractional CFOs integrate into your management team and assume the responsibility of the CFO. They become your strategic financial partner to help you run the business, create your value growth plan, and build the financial roadmap to the valuation you want to achieve. Stacy, how are you?
0: I'm super. How are
1: you, Ryan? I'm so excited to be back on the show with you. And uh, I know that you and I, we've had a couple calls getting prepped and ready for this. Yeah. And I'm just very excited for the the journey that we're going to be able to go on with uh, the listeners. So you were on, I don't even remember what uh, how long it's been since you were on the show, but I liked our conversation so much and how dynamic you were from your technical knowledge, but then also how you had to describe coaching versus therapy and just you have practical frameworks that allow people to do something with the things that we're about to embark upon. And so without uh, giving too much away, why don't you give, give your uh, background, kind of your credentials, or whatever you want to say, and then we'll just roll right into the, the journey.
0: Great. Thank you. It's I You're always very excited, and it's contagious, and I loved our last conversation also. So I'm glad to be back. You know, my background is, is I traverse. you know, I traverse really across a lot of disciplines and really a lot of lands. I, uh, I think I was definitely born to be a psychologist at eight years old. I started <laughs> writing my own songs with a guitar. I traveled to Japan. I'm from a family business. I got my doctorate in clinical psychology, and I've been coaching business owners and more recently athletes and uh, a performing arts actress. So Yeah. So, and all
1: within that, you have your Series 65 too, which, right as we were wrapping up the last one, I was like, wait a second, you're not just a a psychologist. You actually understand the technical nature of like other things that are going on underneath just the emotions.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, I I did, I worked as a coach, uh, internal coach at Merrill Lynch. And at that time, it seemed important while I had my, while I had access to all of this smart, these smart people in this really rich industry. I got my 60, I got my seven in in 63. I got registered and I practiced for three years. That's what brought me to Cleveland. And I felt as though, you know, having sales experience and financial experience and being invested or understanding the investment market, it really rounded me out. So from a psychologist perspective and a financial perspective, I think I, you know, I cover, I cover a lot of ground.
1: Which I think is is unbelievably important, very unique, because the amount of times it, the people that are listening and when we when talk about principle, one of your drivers, what do you want and why? I want a lot of stuff, but then can I afford it and can I afford my dreams? Right. So there's always this practical nature that I think is so important to have the reality underneath your dreams, too. And so as we're jumping into yeah. the principle two, and you've got that we've got the what are your, you know, principle one of your drivers, and then the principle two of the finance, we know, we're gonna be covering that down the road. But for why when you when you are looking and thinking about business owners, what is it that when you're when they're coming to you? What do they want? Like, like, and what are the types of people mm-hmm. that are ending up in front of you? What is usually happening? And what do they usually want out of life?
0: It's a really big question. Uh, it's a good question. <laughs> Lay it all on you right after yeah, that, right? Well, and feel free know, to do... <laughs> It's interesting. You know, so sometimes keeping things simple is so much more valuable. So what business owners want is they want health, happiness, choices, and wealth, you know, and choices are, you know, cho- having choice is really an outgrowth of having wealth, health, and and happiness, so, I think that that's that's what everybody comes in wanting. And I would I want to quote a Tolstoy uh, sentence from Anna Karenina. He said that happy families all look alike. Unhappy families are are unlike or different in, or unique in their own way. So let me say that again. Happy yeah. families are are let me let me quote it. All happy families are alike. Unhappy families are unique in their own way.
2: Mm-hmm. That's so, so interesting.
0: I think it's, you know, happiness and and satisfaction and uh, feeling good about yourself and feeling like you've accomplished what you've set out to accomplish. Those are very fundamental, you know, human experiences mm-hmm. for healthy development. And there there is one specific path for psychological health, right? And we all... Mm-hmm we all have the propensity and it's in us all to be psychologically healthy that we get derailed. We get derailed at different points and for multiple reasons. So we all look different. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. you could say that that person is insecure and that person is insecure, but they would have different things to unwind from.
1: Ooh, super interesting. So I love it. And and before um, I, I wanted to make sure before it, we go continue the, throughout the journey, Mm. maybe set the groundwork again of the difference between coaching and therapy. Cause I think you talked about like upwards versus downwards, maybe in your words, describe that again. Cause I think that places you and people can understand more of how you fit into with these top performers and these entrepreneurs who are ended up talking to you.
0: All right. Well, I, okay. So that's, let's start with that because, you know, there's been a lot of talk about mental health about burnout, about um, distractions, disappointments, isolation. there's and business owners are feeling it themselves, but because mm-hmm. they're responsible for large communities, they are hearing it about their employees and their customers, you know, and and so business owners experience what the rest of us experience, and they experience times, hundred because of all of the people that they are providing for, or they are, they feel responsible for. So it's not a simple answer, but it's important to think about psychological or emotional health on a continuum. And we're all on the continuum, right? We all have good Mm -hmm. days and we all have bad days. And in the middle, there's lots of variation. And sometimes we get so derailed or so unproductive Um, or we feel so damaged that we need more help. We actually fall below our baseline. And if you look, if you think about the continuum, you have maybe Mm -hmm. on the far left, you have therapy. And in in these situations, you have fallen below your baseline and therapy is trying to get you back up to your baseline.
1: Love it. Yep. Yep.
0: Right. Okay. That's your point. And then there's all of these gradations along the way. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to the far right, coaching, performance coaching or emotional Mm -hmm. confidence, the kind of performance psychology that I provide, it's about the climb. So the climb has to do with getting to your next best self and then Mm -hmm. climbing to the next best self. Mm -hmm. So that is really fundamentally the difference is one is bringing you back to baseline and the other is about the climb. And if you're ambitious, you're always looking to get a little bit better every day. Mm -hmm. And so that's,
1: that requires uh, yeah oh because yeah. it just puts a again which is what the rest of this conversation is going to be about about putting labels to things so mm. that way we can do things about them and i think just even having that kind of framework of the language right like we're not here just like yes sometimes there are days we have to be picked up to get the baseline but we're trying that trying to work on that climb constantly and so to to, to go back to like what do the entrepreneurs and the high performers? All entrepreneurs are high performers to some degree <laughs> we're mm-hmm. gonna, the, the, with the risks and all the things that we're doing. Sure. You know, with uh, our Kona, we've in the intentional growth framework, we've tied these three things that we believe that everybody wants. And you and I were talking about the story brand framework, which we're going to kind of take people through a journey right now. But we did that for our marketing. And we really, when you talked about everybody that is happy is similar. It's kind of what we identified, Stacey, is mm-hmm. that there are three things that a, a lot of entrepreneurs want. They want to have fun, they want to create wealth, and they want to make an impact. And it's like a Venn diagram where the intersection of that is what we call intentional growth. And when one of those things is off, they feel like there's something missing. having a lot of fun, making a big impact, but if you're not creating wealth, you're going, what am I doing this for? You could be, you know, you could flip all that whole switch to say, okay, well, I'm making a huge impact and I'm making and having a lot of fun, but I'm broke. (laughs) So like at some point you have to live in the middle of this, but then- People don't know why they're not feeling whole, mm. and so then we get to the and then like when people end up to you and they're saying, okay, I'm not sure, Stacey, where I'm at in that continuum that you just described, but I want to get here. Mm. And you you talked about three different way, three different types of entrepreneurs mm. that you see that are, are stuck in different ways. Do you want to kind of walk through those different ways sure. that you categorized them?
0: Sure, and I want to emphasize that the business owners that we are working with are heroes, right? And anybody, mm-hmm. I always say, anybody who pays taxes and employs people are heroes right? And so they need, amen. A, yeah, amen. They need uh, to be revered and they need to be reminded that just their efforts are really accomplishing, uh, making a huge impact. And they forget this, right? Cause they're at their desks or they're in their silos or they're, you know, they're disconnected from other, you know, businesses, you know, they're just pounding the pavement. So it's really important to recognize the heroes. Yes. And mm-hmm. part of the work that I do is to revere these clients, right? These business owners, but also To demand a lot from them so Mm -hmm. there's an important balance you have to respect somebody and then you have to feel really comfortable and prepared because you respect them to bring them to a higher level Mm -hmm. and and that's an important tension in the coaching relationship the three types of top performers they they look like this you know one is restless right they're hitting on all cylinders but every day they're trying to outperform themselves just get a little bit better. they outperform themselves, outperform their competition. And yeah, and it's, it's grueling, but it is a demand. And if they're not outperforming in some way, then they are, they can get frustrated. And so they're always Mm -hmm. looking for the nuance or the insight to keep growing. And I learned a lot about this particular character, these restless characters. When I started working with professional athletes at the beginning of the pandemic. I got a call. The call led to uh, other calls, and what I learned from these these elite thinkers and these elite performers is, first of all, they they uh, they thank me for insights, and it's not thank for credit. It's appreciation that we've taken the time to mm. you know unravel difficult thoughts or convoluted understand thinking. Understand it. Understand yes, them. Understand. No. Yes, and so they're thankful. Then they use the insight, which encourages the relationship to seek more, right? Because we're Mm -hmm. getting good and getting better. And then the third thing is these athletes always reference the piece of insight that they valued. And so Mm -hmm. what happens is they're repeating the the insight and it's holding their ground, right? They gain 10 yards from it. And by repeating that insight, they hold that ground. And then they look for the next insight. So a it's a very disciplined way of moving through growth. And so that's and not, the restlessness. Not
1: growing is the restlessness that is that's how the restlessness right. manifests itself.
0: Right. Got it. Exactly. Not growing is how the restlessness restlessness manifests. So the second is, you know, the person who's frustrated, a top performer who's frustrated. And, you know, in essentially that frustrated person is kind of like um They need a new insight. They they want something different, but they can't figure out how to fix the problem. And so they just
1: don't know where to look. Well, they know how to define
0: it. They know they know what it looks like, but they can't figure out how to fix it. And so they get frustrated. And the regular fixes aren't useful to them, right? the, Mm. The typical fixes don't work, and then they kind of panic. And they think, I know what the problem is. I know what the effect it is, what the effect, but my regular fixes don't work and they get panicked. So they feel mm-hmm. frustrated. And then there's the stuck the stuck athlete where they've kind of hit on lots of, of the points where they really want success, but they're not satisfied. There's kind of like this low grade dissatisfaction and they don't mm. know why. And so I would say those are the three kinds of top Mm -hmm. performers. They expect greatness. They've had greatness. They want more of it. And they are, they're, they're really seeking the help. So that's the other Mm -hmm. part that that the kind of people who show up at least who stay working with somebody like me, there is no wiggle room. You know, Mm -hmm. growth is inevitable. Um, Mm -hmm. The conversations sometimes are easy because the insights are flowing. You're in your flow. And sometimes the insight insights are difficult. And sometimes A lot of advisors won't stay in a tense situation with a business owner or a client because the risk is the relationship ends. And in my case, I'm willing to stay in the fight or in the discussion because I know it's not interpersonal. I know there's nothing that you've done to me that's betrayed me and I have not betrayed you. So there's no quality of our relationship that's been diminished, except that Mm -hmm. we have this disagreement. And often, the disagreement is about a blind spot. And so it's my job to either like figure out you know it's always like you know there are ten different entry points, you know ten different ways to get inside <laughs> and under somebody's right. skin. And as a psychologist, I think I'm uniquely qualified to find the different ways in that make difficult information useful
1: and and I want to this is progressing us around that hero's journey like we were talking about, and I think about the the challenges of being an entrepreneur of it, as we're going to be unpacking blind spots, becoming self-aware, understanding our stakeholders. So that way we can take action and we're going to be getting into all this. But I think the first part of this journey is admitting like, Hey, I do have an issue. I'm either one of those three that you just mentioned, right. or I'm, I started in the restless, but then, or then I, then, then all the, or no, no, I was going to say, right. I started in the frustrated, but then I ended up restless because I couldn't find the solution. And the challenges Stacey is that so many people have so many stakeholders around them that mm-hmm. have a vested interest in manipulating, and then that, maybe that's not the right word, persuading someone in a direction that a lot of the, a lot of time us entrepreneurs, we say stay so close to our chest because mm-hmm. if we are vulnerable to XYZ employee or to XYZ vendor or you know, XYZ advisor, it going bad and me having a negative impact from being vulnerable. Mm-hmm is a high probability. So it's not easy to spend the time with someone to get to those 10 different entry points to truly understand how I am blind in certain areas or who these stakeholders are and what to do about it. So how does your role solve that? And and I I'll, I'll give you a little bit um of a starting point from our conversation yesterday when you talked about I'm trying to think of how you worded it. It was like you don't tell people what to do. You take their it, thoughts yeah. and then you regurgitate them and tell them what they should do based on them, not what you would do. Right. So like, which is a way different way of putting it. So I don't know if that's a good entry point into this right. question.
0: Well, you know, I do have frameworks. And then when you get, when I start talking with you, I want to riff. And I know that <laughs> I, I, I know that it's, it might be helpful just to stay with some of the frameworks, but it, you always make, you always bring a different angle to something. So I will go, I'll, I'll see if I can get, back to what you just reminded me of, but with regard to um, the process of coaching or the, um, I think trust you started by.
1: It's... Is it the trust? Sorry. Did I, did I do it? No, I think, going what, I I think what you
0: started by saying is that it's hard for a business owner to get the help that they need because they don't know who to share their information with. Yep. And if they do share information or when they do, sometimes it blows up. So they don't want to tell, you know, the pu- Joe public or Joe yep. employee or Joe banker or, you
1: mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. Joe
0: marketing person. And maybe they've talked with consultants and they've gotten so far, but somehow it just doesn't go deep enough. And so going well, deep to enough. Your,
1: and to one of your, when you're, to your when you're earlier points, because the consultant or advisors is concerned or, or fearful of losing a gig. Or the yes. billings. I mean, period. That's really what ends up happening. So it's like even in our situation, you like off. you, you have to say the truth. Although that's the value that they're paying for, but people are scared because, like, well, that was offensive, and I don't want to work with you anymore. Is essentially what it like is the risk. So, like, right. how, how do you overcome that?
0: Okay, so let me stay. Let me stay on point <laughs> yeah, you <absolutely. laughs> with you with regard to getting deep. So that's a you know that's a process question, but in terms of the the relationship that people have with, with me is, it is the it is the responsibility, your growth, your performance, you do make it my responsibility. So I am responsible to you. I'm not at arm's length. You've asked me to help you improve in these ways. Mm-hmm. Sometimes these ways are tactical. Sometimes these ways are, let me script this kind of conversation with for you so that when you go have that conversation, you know, you're not a Debbie Downer. You're actually, you're pointing out something that's challenging, but it, it revs somebody up. It, it props them up to, to, and then holds them accountable. So, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: so I think one of the things is just helping business leaders use words so that they can be more effective when they're engaging with people who they want more from. Mm -hmm. And the second thing I think is when they aren't clear with themselves. So there are, you know, five universal distractions or or uh, mental block or em- emotional, um, emotional distortions, let's put it that way, mm-hmm. that I'm responsible like. for uniquely that others might not be. So this is why we can go really deep is one, business owners are, they're distracted. They're distracted in their mind. So their minds are distracted. And so when you're no. distracted, you can't, you know, <laughs> you can't perform your best. When you are distracted, when you're worried about lots of things, you can't imagine one of your favorite, you know, sports players. Imagine they're distracted and they're trying mm-hmm. to throw a touchdown. I mean, you mm-hmm. you have to be so focused. And so distractions corrupt a day of a business owner and their long-term performance. Disconnection in relationships, you know, you you get you, you get a, a little bit of a slight between you and your CFO. And it could linger, you know, and, and mm-hmm. you're not prepared to resolve it because addressing it might feel like it's blowing up or uh, addressing it might, you know, make more of it than it is. And you're just hoping that over time that slight will go away. And it may, everybody might act normal, but it is a little bit of an edge everybody knows it's, between you. Everybody
1: knows it's there. Yep.
0: Or just the two of them, or it just, it's known. I mean, you what know, when you say something- Exactly. When you know, you know when you say something, you know, to somebody in your family and it hurts them and you apologize, but they still feel hurt and you know it. Mm-hmm. And so you, you know, so I think those things are invisible at work, those emotional disconnections, and they add up and they weigh heavily, and then you don't get the kind of relationship that creates the momentum for performance. You might get buy-in, but buy-in isn't momentum.
2: Well like that's so, a lot.
0: So disconnection, so we have, right, we have first, we have um, distraction, disconnection. The third one is detachment, detachment from your purpose, and this is, I know, something really important to intentional growth, but when you're detached from your purpose, so when you, you know, there are lots of ways to describe this. I'm sure everybody listening is hopefully imagining what that could mean to be detached from your purpose, but it's when you get sidetracked, uh, it's not just the shiny other thing. It's when the outcome goal, which is always typically defined in some numerical metric, overshadows this intangible aspiration that started what? you on the journey to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So yes. the goal, these, and you need both. I, I'm not suggesting that mm-hmm. you give up the goal. But we don't do enough reflection, we don't do enough reaching back into the well that created the aspiration to take over the family business or to start one or to franchise or-
1: Whatever, so yeah. all the risks, there's a yeah. dis-
0: t- detachment from purpose. Now we can list purpose, but purpose is part of aspiration and it comes earlier. Goals mm-hmm. and outcomes come later. So that's detachment and then It's a disruption and you're going to love this one, Ryan. (laughs) And I'm not even sure you weren't on my mind when I was kind of refining this, but, you know, disruption from the present. Now, can I reveal something about your, one of your Uh, routines? I
1: I, I feel like I'm on the hot seat here. Let's go for it.
0: (laughs) Well, it makes you great. You know, it makes you great. You, you require it so that you feel like you can perform best for your partner's for people like me, you show up really, you're stellar every time you show up. So I think it could be related to being present. And you are a practicing transcendental meditator, right?
1: Pra- yeah, practicing yeah. is the key word there.
0: <laughs> well, practicing meaning doing every day or yeah, as yeah, much yes, as you Yes, can. yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. that is yeah. correct, yes. So what i have discovered and i again i don't want to go too far on a tangent but i really didn't understand this you know i'm you know i'm pretty seasoned in my career i've got a couple of years under my belt and i'm you know i'm killing it and i'm excited because it's it's the culmination of a lot of years of work that i'm i'm reaping the benefit and Part of the benefit is really this, being able to talk about it with you. This is a benefit Mm -hmm. of, this is the culmination of my work, these kinds of events. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about that. But I didn't really understand present until the beginning, present, the term present and being present until the beginning of the pandemic. And when I got anxious, I believed that anxiousness was not a good use of my mental space. And it was a choice you know, there's a quote, worry is a waste of an imagination. So I believe Hmm. in that. So I needed to practice imagination, not worry. Well, how do you do that when the world is worrisome? And so every time I began to worry, I practiced being present. And my version of present was not maybe, I don't know, I shouldn't judge it. But my version of present was simply to thank the objects that were existing with me in the moment like Mm -hmm. right now and to recognize right now that I have that plant and that cat is, is present with me and sharing this moment on the planet, in the universe, this point in time, um, when I'm outside on a walk, you know, recognizing that the trees are showing up every day, providing whatever they provide oxygen and whatever their Mm -hmm. processes and the sun shows up. So there's a lot of things that show up every day, the Orion in the sky and So those things kept me present and appreciative, and then I have been grateful for most of my life, I think. But being present uh, magnifies gratitude, and so yes, I I carry on about this one only because it's the one that I've learned the most recently. But all five of these, did I get to the fifth one? I don't remember. Um,
1: Because that was that was, and so that was. What was the fourth one? So it was just. Detachment from the
0: present and disruption.
1: Yes, disruption.
0: Disruption from purpose, detachment from the present, and then disoriented, right? Just being disoriented, not knowing your North Star. And that could go back to present. But, you know, I think since the pandemic, Ryan, I am, you know, I am a lot more hardcore about the importance of humanity, and I think these things being disoriented, you know, and, and fi- finding your North star, you know, being aspirational, being focused, being connected, being dedicated to a purpose, you know, these are the things that are occurring under the surface that our, biz- our clients are, our, you know, us we, as business owners, we can't always figure out on our own. It's the forest for the trees. You know, we can't see about ourselves when we're living in it. And so, well,
1: and that right there, yes. it, when I think about these five mental blockers and the blind spots you're talking about, and then when you just said that it's, we can't do it ourselves. It's Stacey, the amount of people over the last six years that have been on the show, cause this has been a theme that I've constantly tried to pull the thread on cause Bo's book, you know, the finished right. one that was just pre- previous episode that you dove into is like great understood now what do I do about that how do I figure out what I want for my business and why and who I am and then what do I do about it but then the amount of people that have been on the show just just take some time and I'm like well that's not I'm sorry I've tried that didn't work and so it's like you know just you taking a, a pause well and a, a guide in a way of labeling this like you just did with hey there are five main things okay so when I think about the distortion just I could go you know each one by, by one but I won't but it's like distortion of like at some point like going back to those three things what everybody wants at some point when you're making a bunch of money, you're having a lot of fun, you go, "What's this all for?" Because you're distorted of like the world's telling you that you're the the revenue is the most important part, but you're all of a sudden not believing that. And so when you start disbelieving what everybody is trying to tell you is what success looks like, or and then you're detached and you're also disconnected, like you know that you know that shit's off and you don't know what to do about it, and you don't know who to ask because again, if all of a sudden I realize like Like, who am I going to say, by the way, I don't know if top line revenue is the only thing that matters. Who are you going to tell that to? Because everybody's going to go, oh shit, Ryan's having a crisis. And like, you know, is my job in jeopardy or is my client in jeopardy? Like, so there's no way to like, once you start unpacking those five different blind spots or the blockers, how to go, what's the process of doing that to get to the root answers.
0: It's a, such a good question, and here, say, so here Stacy. Fix it goes. me, you know, right. I'm So, just so here how, here's how it goes. It's it's two or three points, right? It's two or three parts of the process. So how do you get there? So let's go back. For, so part of the whole conversation when I'm educating or introducing a client to the process, it's the beginning, and it's all it is about. It. This is the education. So mm-hmm. it starts really where you mentioned before the continuum of emotional health Mm -hmm. so it's part of it's being brought back to baseline and then it's the climb and we're Mm -hmm. always going through both Mm -hmm. Um, when you're focused on the climb you have enough self-awareness so that when you fall when you when you fall beyond the base when you're when you're Mm -hmm. falling a little bit you can use self-awareness to get you back to baseline, so you're performing. And usually there is that slip, and it's not really a slip, it's it's the opportunity to learn something new about yourself so that it'll take you next to the next level. So it's always, it's a little bit forward a step back and too forward, right? You're there, you have to learn something about yourself, so you have to back off from that growth, and then you take two steps forward to, to, to step into a new baseline. Mm-hmm. And so this is really important, that concept of you know, forward and back and forward and back, mm-hmm. because you always have to learn something new about yourself. Growth is based on necessary tension. You, you, so when, when business owners are frustrated, that's a great thing. But when they're perpetually frustrated or when that frustration mm-hmm. is long and it won't let up, they really need a quick fix because they got to get going. They got a game to play. They got a, mm-hmm. a game to win. They have a, you know, they, it, 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 so I think that when you get somebody in your back pocket like me or like the folks at, at Intentional Growth, when you get somebody in your back pocket who sees you for who you are, knows the path, but knows it's about your path, then you navigate and you collaborate together. So that's one part of it. Mm-hmm. I really think labeling, if you want to uh, think about it this way, is here's the, I think it's the silver bullet. Your brain creates material, right? Your brain produces material. So it's all, you know, everything we're talking about is, a lot of it isn't in the head, right? It has to penet- you penetrate and work into the physicalness and the heart and the spirit, but it's in the head, right? It's something that has to be working in the head for us to have all of these Mm-hmm. human reactions so the brain produces information right it's a hard you know mm-hmm. you're hardwired and it's right in your head and you can see it and we can test it we can see bright lights being stimulated in different parts of the brain so we get how the brain works i'm not that interested in how the brain works i'm interested in the mind so the mind is you know we don't we don't see it but we're we're talking to it right mm-hmm. the mind interprets that data Now it interprets the data and it's really one thing. So how do we go from one interpretation of some stimuli and all of a sudden have all of these thoughts about it because our mind adds more interpretation to it, right? So our mind Mm -hmm. can go negative or our mind could go positive. So again, the brain produces information, the mind interprets that information and then has a choice to make, go positive or negative, because we're always gonna add information to mm-hmm. that stimuli. So it starts out as a stimuli, then we interpret it and it becomes our own interpretation. And we tend to go negative with it and we tend to bring in old information from our lives <laughs> to mm-hmm. determine that piece of information and often it goes negative. So how, what part of our sense of who we are helps to manage your mind? It's what our consciousness. Of... Right. That's what makes us human. Not thought. Thought doesn't make us human. Mm-hmm. Our ability to observe ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, that this is what you and makes I, us then. human. And that's where we... That self-observation and doing that with somebody who has all of your things in your best interest.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You riff on that stuff. Okay, how... What does this interpret? What does... It, Stacy, if I consciously take this idea and go this way, am I being accurate when I'm negative about it? Like, is that good self-awareness to be right. to be critical of myself? Because right. maybe it is good to be critical of yourself. But if it's negative, if it's negative critical, then you're in a spiral. The same is true is, could I look at this more positively? And am mm-hmm. I grandiose? Am I rose-colored glasses when I take it like this? Or does this make sense? And will this work to advance the things that are most important to me? So it's that self-observation that I work with Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I Mm -hmm. help you become good at self-observation and then good at emotional awareness. Mm -hmm. So a lot of who we are, a lot of who we are is who we were from an emotional perspective. So we do have to go into you know, were you shut up at the dinner table? You know, was <laughs> your sister always the shining star? You know, were you the lucky one who, you know, you know, who were you in your family? Because those are the places, that's the place where you learned to be a teammate, where you uh-huh. learned to, to be an authoritarian figure, where you learned to be a follower. So self-awareness and emotional awareness is really important.
1: Well, no, it's, well, and I do remember. So that's, that's fantastic. That's good. Thumbs up for it's, that. Is, <laughs> so like the process of becoming self-aware is mm-hmm. a difficult part. Like you described, even with the, the, how you were describing that is even insightful to then do something about it. But what I think is so interesting is, you know, when, with Bo's phrase of, People didn't know who they were, what they wanted from their business, and why. I mean, that's truly just self awareness. Like, they didn't know that. And therefore, they made choices that they didn't know were going to have a negative outcome based on what they unconsciously knew that they wanted. And what, so it's all un, being unconscious. And when I think about when you say it's a lot about who we were, this book, Becoming uh, Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza, and you mm. and I were talking about a bunch of these other books where. Mm. And it's like, I don't know what percentage, like 98%, they were saying that is it's all habit by the time you're like 30. Like you're just mm. running on this autopilot. Ooh. So, like going back to your phrases, and that's why I put my thumb up, is like, so you have these thoughts and then they turn into action. But when they're mainly automatic, even when you're a business owner, like managing all these complex decisions, they're kind of just automatic of what what framework you're using to make those decisions. And if you're not conscious of how it's going from here to action. This process of unpacking that, like even with the five different things you talked about, figuring that out, and so like, what is it like? How do how do people actually experience? I'm trying to think of what the question is like. The,
0: how do they go through the process of growth? What does it look like?
1: Yeah, how do yeah. like because like I mean to your to your point, Stacey. Like sometimes I just want to know, and I'm am I freaking crazy or not? And like, I don't want to ask that to just anybody, <laughs> even though it's all online for, mm-hmm. for everybody listening. But like, sometimes I just want to know, am I on track or off track? Here's what I'm trying to accomplish. And I'm truly blind because most of what I'm doing is on automatic behavior. Mm-hmm. So it's just that process of unpacking that and then moving forward. Does that make sense? So,
0: yeah. So let me, I'll rephrase the question just a little bit, because maybe again, and so this is mm-hmm. an example of coaching right? I'm not coaching you, but this is what happens in coaching. I'll take it. Well, is you asked, you asked, I, sometimes I just want to go to somebody and ask if I'm crazy. Well, actually, Mm -hmm. you know, Vistage groups are good for that. And, and YPO groups are good for that. And, and EO, you know, am I crazy? You know, you want feedback on some cognitive Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. I think what the, what you're asking maybe is, you know, what is it, That's standing in my way. What emotion am I having? I think it's on an emotional level that, that people don't know where to go. Like I'm feeling anxious. Yeah.
1: Cause 'cause I'm going back to your five things where if I want this out of life in my business, right? Here's what I think I want. Here's it for my life. Here's what I think I want for the business and why like, out in the distance, that's what it is. Am I, am I actually doing the things that are getting me closer to that or not? I don't really know, you know, right. the, hypothetically. Right. And so what are the blind spots that I might be having where I'm accidentally making the wrong choices along the way? Okay.
0: All right. So let's shift
1: <laughs> I into the
0: ecosystem, right? So Perfect. there are two, so let's, let me, um, share this one thing. I'm not healthy unless you're healthy. And you can't be healthy unless i'm healthy so because we are part of an ecosystem right our health is related to other people's health so Mm -hmm. healthy development is self wellness and environmental wellness okay so it's we live in an ecosystem so if it's polluted it hurts everybody that's why those invisible dynamics that tension between the cfo and the ceo because there was a slight Um, And it doesn't quite get resolved because it would be making a mountain out of a molehill. And you wouldn't. So it's just those things multiply in a system. So the first part of the process of, you know, my winner's circle, you know, my Mm -hmm. winner's circle ecosystem, it it starts with the business owner. They're the head of the snake. You know, Mm -hmm. everything is dependent on them. They own it. They mm-hmm. own it. And if one day they don't show up their best, the whole ecosystem is impacted. So they Amen. can't look yep. over their shoulder. There's nobody yep. to look over their shoulder and see if it's going to get done or not. But so much doesn't get done. Right. The business owner is responsible for so much that doesn't get done in a day, a week, a mm-hmm. month, and a mm-hmm. year which mm-hmm. either slows their, their exit down or it frustrates their productivity or their profitability. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's not good. Or their
1: t- time in the day, all of a sudden you're sacrificing your right. family and, time or right. this or the
0: Right. So the first thing is, does the business owner want to do the work? You know, are they going to use themselves? Are they going to practice disciplines that help them become emotionally mature? So there's emotional awareness, there's emotional confidence, and then there's emotional maturity. And of course, the, the farther upstream you go, the more effective you are in every part of your life. So the goal, the goal, not the aspiration, but the goal in my work is that every part of your, every aspect of your life is high performing. If you can expect, and this is what I learned from my athletes, if if they can be high performing on the field, they know that there's a methodology. It's not ta- It's not strictly talent on the field. It's in their brain. So if they can do it on the field with their team, they can do it at home with their families.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And they can also manage their, their careers and their wealth and their legacy. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: this is about, in my book, this is about making sure all every aspect of your life is high performing. that's my goal
1: well, well that's and, my and goal that's point, my promise well, well and that's and it's absolutely in the same vein of what the entrepreneur owner wants because like it, anybody that's listening in and they don't have the never experience to this in my opinion is just lying to themselves we're like okay you're going and you're crushing it uh, at, at business on your company or whatever it is and your spouse and you are having a disagreement or your kids not listening to you. And you're maybe thinking about doing something, you know, drastic with your child or whoever it might be, or, you know, you got family members, you're, you're taking care of your parents, or, you I mean, the amount of crap we all have to deal with, you can't just show, show up on the field to your, you know, to your athlete example and just crush it with all that baggage in your head. And so like the, the, and when I loved when, when you and I started talking about the ecosystem is like, All of that impacts the one person because the one person plays all those roles. And when I was explaining to you, I think is that my dad and I had this one woman, she was, she talked about the hats that you're wearing, which is very helpful. But Again, labeling it like I'm talking from the son, I'm talking from the friend, I'm talking from the business partner I'm talking from. And it's like, it's exhausting, but it, it allowed us to have like a set of principles that we knew how to deal with that dialogue differently and so you would describe the, maybe give everybody an overview of what do you mean by an ecosystem and who are the different players in the ecosystem in order to make that business owner the top performer in all those areas
0: right you have to be able to see them if you're going to perform well in all of them so that that's <laughs> exactly. definitely the point you're 100% the first part is the owner has to get their head in their game in the game and that's the first part of the process and then it by definition that positivity and that health by definition, intuitively helps the rest of the system become healthy. Now Mm -hmm. to do it proactively, right? You can get well, you can get healthy and it can have a positive effect because your change changes the environment. Mm
2: -hmm. But
0: to do it on, to scale it, you have to be able to see the entire ecosystem. And the problem is, is that business owners don't have visibility into their entire ecosystem. And so they make decisions like they're shooting, they're shooting in the dark. But it's worse mm-hmm. than shooting in the dark. It's shooting at dusk when you think you can see everything, but <laughs> yeah. can't.
1: Ooh, yeah. Okay, Very so good analogy.
0: So I really hope uh, you know the intensity of our voices is coachable. It's coach sounding because it's not fun to talk about it just in between our brains. It has to resonate mm-hmm. viscerally. So I know we're both trying to help the audience feel this, to breathe a couple of times, to admit something about themselves, to even wonder, even if they're hitting on all cylinders and they've got it, if, is there something that they want for themselves more or they want to expect more from themselves? So that's a question as I enter into the ecosystem. So the two questions is, do you want more from yourself? Do you expect more from yourself? So that's the audience question. And the second is, do you expect more from yourself? So I, I suspect your audience would say yes to both of those things.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So now they're working your program and there's this additional opportunity to become more powerful and have more control by seeing... All aspects of the ecosystem. So now we shift. I got I the it. business owner wants to do the work. They've demonstrated it. They're not going to be overwhelmed by this, but this is big, right? Because now I'm going to introduce mm-hmm. them to all of the things that they don't see. Plus, mm-hmm. the stuff they do see, they don't see all of that well sometimes.
1: Or they want to put it underneath the rug.
0: <laughs> or they want to put it underneath the rug. So the ecosystem. And I'm going to just take a few minutes to describe it, and then you can, you can go for jump it. I love jump it. Jump yep. in. So the ecosystem is like a Venn diagram, as you've described. In my world, and I borrowed this from the family business space. It's a Venn diagram, and it has three circles. And the three circles: one represents family, or in other way, in other words, relationships, personal, social relationships that you know feed your soul outside of work. Then there are the business. You're a leader of a business. And, um, you have, I mean, these people can feed your soul too, but these are business relationships and dynamics Mm -hmm. inside an organization. And so it's the family, it's the business. And then the third circle is the wealth and the wealth circle has a couple of components to it. Also it's governance, it's bylaws, it's, it's financial documents, estates, it's, um, ownership and stock, it's control, right? It's ownership. So you have the ownership wealth circle, you have the family circle, and you have the business circle. And these circles, when clients come to me, you know, it's not rocket science to the client, they're like, yeah, I'm a provider, no, I'm a I leader, so. I'm yep. an owner,
2: yep. Yep.
0: right? But what happens is I point out and I say, well, you're fragmented and you're showing up this way. Now this isn't, I have examples of it going other ways, the, the mm-hmm. proportions, but typically a business owner is overextended in their business, hyper-involved in their business. Sometimes they are laggers or lackers in their family circle, mostly because they feel maybe sometimes like imposters when they go home. It's somebody else's spouse is kind of the CEO The kids have a rhythm and the the owner steps in and they feel a little bit like an interloper, can be, can be a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then in the wealth circle, the ownership circle, um they're ambivalent people don't want to talk business owners don't like to talk about their wealth they're not hitting the numbers that they want they're they got too much debt they don't want to they have you know they don't, they don't, know, think they don't about know what it.
1: the company's worth and they all of a sudden yeah. it's like i don't even know where i'm at right now right
0: exactly so they don't have a financial plan they don't have their estate plans they don't know what the valuation of their company is they own some so they're ambivalent right they're kind of in and they're kind of out they go every quarter to talk to somebody about you know their lawyer or their accountant or their you know their Financial advisor, but they're ambivalent. So, so you have hyper hyper extended, overextended in the business, kind of trepidatious in the family, and ambivalent in the in the wealth circle. So, my job now is to help the business owner bring that ecosystem together so that they can lead it with one mindset, a single mindset. Just like you know, if you're a CEO of a holding company, you have five companies. Mm-hmm.
1: You have Mm -hmm. five companies, Mm
0: -hmm. but you're the CEO of that holding company. Five CEOs report to you. You're the chairman. You have to understand the operations of these five things. It is a reasonable expectation that a business owner see this ecosystem in its totality and lead it with Mm -hmm. one mindset and not be Mm -hmm. fragmented. So Mm -hmm. I can't emphasize that enough, but this is about seeing your world and being the leader of the whole thing. One leader of the Mm -hmm. whole thing not three liters of three different things. Now we bring it together. We have these three circles. We are bringing them together. They're overlapped like the, like a Venn diagram, like the mm-hmm. uh, Olympic flag. And now you have four additional circles, right? Cause you've just brought these circles together. So you have yep. the three pure circles that still exist, family, and we'll, wealth. We'll put,
1: we'll put a picture in this in the, in the show notes for the audience too.
0: Then you have the, the four in the middle and they, so now this, these circles have another set of meetings the 7 in combination represent seven universal stakeholders you're in the center you're number 7 in the center if you're the owner and so as you were describing each of these sh- stakeholders and stakeholder groups there are multiple groups in those groups so if mm-hmm. in the family you might have multiple branches of the mm-hmm. parent's company so that's you know three different stakeholder groups in that circle. These, these groups have unique agendas for what they want from the ecosystem. And if they're Isn't, not yes. explicit, yes. if they're not explicit, you know, this, then they compete. Now they compete sometimes innocently and sometimes they compete maliciously.
1: G- so, give me and the audience an example of the competition between two of those uh, groups.
0: Um, well, I, uh, So between family and business, there are... We'll
1: keep going. Yeah, sorry. I thought you were asking a clarifying question.
0: The circle between family and business, that overlapping, that's a family member who owns the company. I'm sorry, who is in the family and is also an employee in the business, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So that person has a different set of needs than Mm -hmm. the person that sits between the business, and the ownership circle. So that's an employee Mm -hmm. who has ownership.
2: Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm.
0: person and the family member who is employed could have competing agendas.
1: Could? (laughs) Yes, could. Mostly, yes, yes. Very well put.
0: Right. So that's a kind of a simple way. But you could also see that siblings who are vying for ownership someday, or C, let's just say they're both vying for, they're both employed in the company, right? They're they're in the, they don't have ownership yet. They're in the family Mm -hmm. and they're employed. Um, One's a C, you know, one's the manager of sales and the other is the manager of operations and they're both vying for the CEO role. They're gonna be competing, potentially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So these agendas are complex. And I begin to introduce them to the emotional content. This is about the stuff that business owners, you know, listen, you can have financial contracts and you can have legal contracts and agreements that manage the risk. But I'm talking about the emotions that if you understand and correct for the emotions, it's all upside. It's all the upside (laughs) of success. It's not the, it's not the, it's not the stoppers or what it, what in, um, yeah, yeah. You know when the yeah. words
1: come to well, the adjective that comes to mind for me, Stacy, is emotional gunk. It's like I can't step onto the field of my play with all that gunk there because I don't know how to I don't know what to think about it. So like these people like and this is where I in the past, in like my old business or even as I continue to grow. I mean, like mm-hmm. I have issues like this all day long. It's like is mm-hmm. how do I handle that if I can't label it and mm-hmm. understand it like You just put it right. Like, so it's like I'm trying to like think, okay, if I do this and then they're gonna do that, and then they could do this, and then they could do that. So you're like, you have this exhaustive mental exercise of like running 17 moves in advance to try and overdo the choose your own adventure for all seven of those groups of people. And then you have one decision that flies into your face at nine o'clock, and you're like, shit, okay. There's a lot of things to think about. And then how are all these people going to react? And it's all convoluted. And it just, I think that I've personally experienced a a lot of exhaustion in the past about that. And I just know that the people that come through our program, like you said, half in the business, half out, you got the brother that's on the management team, but also part ownership shouldn't be in the management. Uh, It's exhausting Mm -hmm. for so many people because all they want to do is wake up and grow the business. And you and I, and this kind of ties into one of the, the conversations you had yesterday is I think, well, in my past, I've gravitated towards the business because it's clear. It's like, I can control this. (laughs) All of this is within my control. Everything out here is more complicated, so I don't know. So when you're sitting down with someone like me or an entrepreneur and you're doing this, what is the process like? How do you provide that? Were you going from the the dusk to actual daylight? Like, how do you actually- So this is the visibility. visibility? So
0: the first part is to help the business owner sit with. So let me put it into words. The first part is the business owner's head in the game, right? And we're still Mm -hmm. we move to the ecosystem, right? We're Mm -hmm. we're looking at the ecosystem, but the business owner. So how do so the ecosystem is a little bit easier because I've gotten the business owner already on the path for emotional. Right, their heads on
1: their shoulder. Right. So
0: I I I have I have access. It's twenty four seven access. Just FYI, the way I work. And most of the time people don't take advantage of it because I'll call them right back and take advantage of it. So, <laughs> so it's, it's, you know, we always, it's always a quid it's always, um, we always both have something, you know, in in the game, skin in the game. um That's how I coach. I need you to be successful or I can't be, you're my player. Mm-hmm. So back to this concept of how does it happen? Let me just tell you a quick conversation of yeah, love it. where a business owner was, the brothers were in agreement about the ecosystem. So they, one brother wanted to dissolve, and the other brother did not want to resolve. One okay. brother wanted to resolve, and he had, he was running the, there were three businesses, or two, let's just say two businesses. He was running the more profitable one, and the other mm-hmm. brother who didn't want to break off was running the more in, uh, innovative company. So it was more, okay. you know, the margins were a lot uh, less consistent. Mm-hmm. So they called me because they needed to figure out how they were gonna get through this dilemma. And the way I wanted to get through the dilemma was I wanted them to promise to take care of the ecosystem first. Whatever you did, whatever you do brothers, whatever you do, every final decision has to pass the sniff test. Will this fuck up or will this harm the ecosystem? I love it. I love it. What part of the ecosystem is going to be affected? Because a complex system is, by definition, one where you throw a rock in and it has a ripple effect. So, in an, mm-hmm. it, so every business owner, and and when it's pulled together, you can start seeing the ripple effect. You can say oh, because you start because I'm going to make this decision. Let's see where else it's going to show up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, rather mm-hmm. than the impact being, oh my god, how did this happen? How did how did right. this blow up? Well, it blew up because five decisions ago, you know, <laughs> yes. this had yes. an impact. So, so let me just. Uh, wrap this, this up about, uh, the business owner seeing and having visibility into the ecosystem. Oh, the brothers, sorry. So where this, where the conversation happened, that was so insightful. And this is a good example of when you when your audience is what, what are you talking about? I don't even know. Well, the, this client, the, one of the brothers was a pain in the butt you know, he was so, he wanted the dissolution, but he was always waffling between it. So, you know, I got serious about it and he said, you're always frustrating me. <laughs> you're always frustrating me. And this sucks and we don't have a good relationship and you're not helping. Let's just exaggerate the point. Yeah. And so in the conversation, I said, it's interesting, Joe, I don't see these moments as frustrating. I see them as a rush because even though it takes us a long time, you are always participating with me to get to clarity. It's not like you give up, you get mad, but you don't give up. And then Mm -hmm. it takes a long time and it doesn't take this long anymore because we can, because he can trust me more Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and he can trust that his own thinking is reliable. So, you know, it's a process of, you know, I'm trying to convince him of something, but he doesn't want to be convinced because he's not he's skeptical of what I have to say. And mm-hmm. he doesn't want to buy it because it means he can't believe what he believes. Mm. But what he's believing isn't effective for him. So and he knows
1: that already. Well, so it's he, stuck, doesn't, right? he
0: doesn't exactly know that that moment, that that thought. But then we okay. get to it. I said, Joe, it's that thought That's the thought. And that was connected to the fact that he thought I was frustrating him. So he was defending against my frustration rather than evaluating the position he was taking. So he was confusing. So this is that Hmm. that untangling. You have to do a Mm -hmm. lot of that untangling in order to Gain clarity and confidence in your own self to then go to all of the relationships in your entire ecosystem and participate with that level of emotional maturity. Ultimately, that's what this is about. It's about getting business owners developed with their emotional maturity so every single part of their ecosystem they are engaging effectively.
1: Uh, it's that's it. I just want to wrap that. Yeah, that's it. Drop the mic and be done. <laughs> like, honestly, Stacey, like, because like, I think about every day the people listening in and myself included wake up and you have to make very big decisions that have a ripple effect for a long time. And the craziest anxiety comes from, I know that there's going to be a long-term effect or impact on what I just decided, but I don't have a freaking clue what that's going to be. The fourth order effect, what is it and how did I F something up in six months that I decided today and I don't know that. So then it's either you don't do anything or you make really rash decisions and it's always whack-a-mole versus like Mm -hmm. you said, like, it's just that clarity of like, if I do this, Mm -hmm. here are these, here are this ripple effect or this ripple effect based on these stakeholders and based on the things that I want long-term, but people don't have that clarity. And that's where like that, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just like, it, it. it's so paralyzing to most people or that's where the frustration comes in. And I think a lot of times when people call me and they say, I want out, I swear on my life. 90% 90% of the time, it's they want out of the fact that they're not clear on all the shit that we just talked about. And they're so the stomach ache is too much. And I'm willing to take a haircut on all these different things or all the opportunities of everything that I've built, because I just can't manage this anymore. And I just don't know. It's It's so fascinating of how just well, the fact that you go go for it
0: i mean you know ryan people are struggling business owners struggle the most with emotional issues with people problems their own and peoples and so it's amazing to me why you wouldn't use a psychologist to help you especially a psychologist who's been in business for 25 years and from a family business and worked in financial services and runs two of her own companies you know, why wouldn't you bring in a psychologist somebody who absolutely knows specifically how to untangle how to unwind a bad situation not with legal documents and not paying <laughs> out of the nose how do you reshape relationships that is what i am gifted at doing and i wholesale it cuz once you learn it once it, you know it's it's kind of i mean yeah. It's kind of like when you had a baby, you know, the first time you had a baby, you were completely unaware. You were, but then the second time you have one, you're kind of an expert. You know, you're well, not exactly you have an expert. What happens you have
1: two <laughs> no, at once? Right. Do you have one? Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so then you're just totally screwed because you're like, oh, well, yeah, I'm just you messing are. it up for the first time twice in a row. Yeah. No, but I think it's, I agree with you, Stacey. And it's, it's how just the clarity of the labeling then we can understand what to do about it. And that's kind of when you and I were talking, go ahead. Go let ahead. me,
0: let me offer one more thought again. So the audience feels this viscerally. So on my web, on my LinkedIn, it's, you know, it's Stacy Feiner uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, I have a couple of really nice short examples of uh, stories of where an impasse happened. So it's about the impasse when You're working really hard on trying to figure something out. You discover it and, and, and there's a moment in time. And then you're on the other side of it. So one impasse, so these are about the impasses. One impasse Mm -hmm. is my client happened to be an actress. She, uh, whatever the, the, the lead up was, um, her frustration was, um, I have a lifetime of, of caring too much. She says she's, you know, I have a lifetime of caring too much. And but one of her sweetest qualities is her ability to care. Mm-hmm. So, how can I help her care less without robbing her of her gift, her natural mm-hmm. ability to care? I mean she's a really beautiful care. I mean, she's an artist, and mm-hmm. she's an incredible carer. So, but I have a lifetime of caring too much, she says. And I have to figure out how I can untangle her from that and preserve her care. And yeah. the mm-hmm. issue was in the too much. You know, you know, Josephine, the problem isn't that you care. The problem is that you care too much. So what's the too much? That's where the dysfunction Mm. is. Mm -hmm. The distortion Mm -hmm. happens in the too much. So how do you unravel from the too much? Another, another example you'll see on, on one of the stories is the client is, uh, you know, has fallen from grace and has a terrible injury and is taken out of the sport. And, uh, the, the issue is that he falls from grace for a very long time. And he's very, he's not the man he thought he was. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And he's got all of these bad habits. He's kind of checked out and he's really upset with himself. And I say to him, and this is the impasse, right? And this is because it doesn't come from the, you know, doesn't get pulled from anywhere. It's part of the relationship. It's the quality of the relationship. And I say to him, what if all of these things that you think are terrible, addiction or, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, not carrying on full time work or, you know, all of these things. What if they're symptoms of one situation, the injury, but you think these are the problems you've forgotten that you were injured and all of this happened subsequent to the injury.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So Let's look at these things as symptoms. Let's not let's not try and fix all of this. Let's go back and look at the what happened at the point of the injury, and that was incredibly re- rewarding and 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 clarifying for him. And so this is the level of complexity I'm I'm, I'm talking well, about and to
1: to get to to someone on that other side, like you said, which is clarity on the circumstances. And like and I know we got like we'll, we'll be wrapping up in like five, 10 minutes here, but the. I think I want to introduce like what I, what my hope is for the listeners from this conversation and like the work you're doing or the work that everybody needs to do to accom- accomplish what bold talked about who am I, what do I want for my business and why? And there's that clarity. Like if someone comes to you with like an out of the blue offer or if, you know, something happens to your partner and all of a sudden there's this big decision, you're not figuring out this shit blind in the moment. I mean like that's what everybody's doing and it's like, I want everybody to be able to say, okay, here's what's important to me. Here's what's important to the business. Here are my, here's my stakeholders. And here's what I'm trying to accomplish. Boom. Big decision. Okay. How does that impact everybody? How does that impact me? How does that impact my long-term goal? And then be able to talk through it with someone that doesn't have a, a vested interest in the agenda. And like mm-hmm. just clarity. I mean, the opposite is what everybody's already experiencing. Yeah, right? Most people so, need
0: time to a thought leader. They need somebody to a sounding board and then it goes from a sounding board to somebody you trust, then and somebody who's qualified to be helpful, somebody who can help you navigate externally in the world. So it's you know it's and it's hard. It's hard. It definitely is hard to find you know that kind of person. I will tell you again on my on my page. There's the fifty fifty partner, the impasse that they had. It's the actress who had the impasse. It's the injured, and there's also a, a daughter resigns. Um I the parents renege on the daughter and the daughter resigns. Oh yeah. So all yeah. of these and the 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 thing that worked there was if the the, pro, the, the 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 betrayal had not crystallized it had just happened between the parents. So um, I knew if I came in fast enough before that problem crystallized I could preserve their relationship and they wouldn't remember it as oh, the parents were betrayed. Uh, the parents betrayed the daughter. Yeah. I because it was in that sweet spot where it hadn't settled yet, yeah. so everybody yeah. could shift the the issue, understand the issue mm-hmm. differently, and why mm-hmm. these behaviors made sense but were wrong. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh, so awesome. and
0: and again, the the issue with the you know you can't solve these problems with legal documents. You can't solve them with financial contracts. You can't solve them with reading a book. You can't solve them at a conference. They can get solved in person, you know, with people like you, Ryan, and your team, with people like me, with people like Bo, who are dedicated to helping you find your way.
1: Oh, I was going to say, and and amen, 100% agree. And the, but what going back to when you, when your earlier comments a couple, a couple seconds ago, is that the crystallization, what I, and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, a lot of research around this but um i'm not pulling from anything particular right now but the amount of people that have been on my show on, on this show about the narratives that they got from them they were a child and that are not just crystallized but in cement and like underneath Cemented, like four yeah. layers four layers of the right. earth calcified we're <laughs> calcified thank you mm-hmm. that's the word i'm looking for we're like mm-hmm. As a child, I was dyslexic. How many times have people been on the show? I was ADD. I was not a good, per, not a good student in school. My math teacher literally said that I was not going to be amount amount to anything. And i like, well. It, and so then there's that narrative that's mm-hmm. like, see, I'm going to tell you. And there's this proof. And I'm like, fake it till I make it. I mean, the amount of things that you and I could go off of mm-hmm. that your your adjectives of untangling that is so damn important because you don't want to do that when you don't have a business, you can't, you can't say, Oh, I would like to actually go back on my decision. <laughs>
2: like, yeah. like, you have,
1: like the, I just, I don't know if there's a question there more, just a comment. Stacy. like, do you see the same thing? I mean, I don't know if there's stuff that I you're do. like, in the-
0: I do. I think people need to recognize that they they're, they're competitive, that they are the competitive advantage that, you know, if you're leaving, if, if you are worried about leaving anything on the table, not understanding your, your true power, by, and the mm-hmm. true power comes from clarity, and there's a rush. I mean, I can tell you there are clients who dread, who used to dread or imagine <laughs> dreading coming into coaching, and every time it's a rush. It is a rush. Yeah. It, the, the conversation is dedicated, It's about you, and um, you know every client who's ever showed up think their thinks their truth is really going to be ugly. You know, it's really unacceptable. It's it's and. You know, I love my clients and, and they are beautiful and growth is the most remarkable thing. And then when you grow and you bring that to make it better for other people, you know, mm-hmm. business owners have a very unique opportunity. Unlike corporate executives, unlike board, business owners have the ability to really to create an environment, a community, a mm-hmm. a a, a um, world economy. You know, every business has a world economy right in it. Mm-hmm. And, um, most people who are running world economies have a lot of advisors, you know, and I think (laughs) advisors, you can dial us up and you can dial us down. Um, you want, you don't want us at arm's length. You want us right in the thick of it with you. Your success is my success and your failure is my failure. And, 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 you know, it's like being, you know, with a coach whose whose win is your win.
1: And that goes back to the, like, as we started, as we're wrapping up as the hero's journey and the heroes are the people tuning in. They've got these challenges they need to understand their blind spots become self-aware understand the stakeholders then they can do something about it and i want to go back and because i think we we can actually literally close the loop on this is when you had said you know like what a coach should do for high performers which all entrepreneurs and owners are is you you and i it was yesterday but then a couple other times you said like if i were you i would do this and you're like i don't say that shit and so maybe explain right. like Getting to that next level is not about what you would do if you were me. It's explain how you phrase that. Well, it
0: comes from the fact that a lot of coaches have prescribed programs. And so they'll tell you, I don't tell my clients what to do. Well, that's not how relationships work. And psychologists and coaches should not be at arm's length. We're at arm's length because we don't want to get fired and piss you off. We don't want to piss you off and get fired. (laughs) And we're at arm's length because we have this protocol that is made up. And it it doesn't engender honest relationships. So what you really like is when people have said, you know, I, you had mentioned Stacey, you know, we don't tell people what to do. And I said, but I do tell people what to do. Absolutely. If I know something that you need to know so that you can hurry up, I mean, you you gotta go fast. So we're working on the problems together. And if I figure it out for you or with you or before you, I'm giving it to you, but it's Mm -hmm. not based on what I would do. I'm not telling Mm -hmm. you what I would do. I'm telling you what we figured out would be right for you. And then I'm finding a way to make that. Ame- look at, look what we figured out. Now do it. Look at, it, it's, mm-hmm. we've come up with it. And so I tell you what to do based on the insights that we found about you
1: and about it's, your ecosystem. It, which, well, and it's like, just kind of like, duh. When I heard that, I was like, well, duh, that makes so much sense because Tiger Woods hires a coach, Tom Brady hires a coach and Serena Williams coaches are t- Yeah. They're, they're telling them to do so. The coaches are literally barking orders at these top performers.
0: Exactly. Exactly. That makes sense. That's the kind of coach we're doing.
1: I love it. So this has been as much fun as I thought it was going to be. I'm actually even more happy with the the conversation. We have something fun coming up in two episodes. The next episode we've got Rob Dubay coming on talking about the 10 disciplines and how to maintain your energy And uh, a lot of fun stuff that him and Gino have been doing in their 10 disciplines. But then we're going to wrap up this series with some uh, of your clients and some conversations. You want to just maybe what everybody's appetite of what what they can expect? Sure,
0: sure. Yeah, because we want them to come. I think what we're going to do is Ryan is going to interview me with uh, three different clients um, and we're going to riff. We're going to ask them some specific questions uh, that will represent what a lot of your clients are feeling or wondering like, you know, uh, you know, what, what? why does somebody say yes to a coach? And, you know, you must've been really at your wits end to figure that you needed a coach. And then by then, how much time did you need to wait before you got a coach? So they'll talk about, the value of, of, of coaching and what they wanted. Um, They're going to talk about the process of growth for them, you know, what worked and uh, a little bit about the quality of the relationship that they have with me. And they'll, I'm sure they're going to be pretty honest about how idiosyncratic (laughs) I am because, you know, there's a little bit of science and there's a little bit of art and um, there's a lot of discipline, but um, so. Uh,
1: And the reason that I'm super excited to have that format is because it's very difficult to talk to someone that isn't self-aware about how to become self-aware. So your clients have have come over the impasse, like right. to your point. So, so they and they've got the ability to describe where were they before, where were their blind spots, what were their challenges that they couldn't, that they didn't even know but now they can describe to everybody yeah. what that process was like and then how you're how they're using their insights today right. to constantly be making better decisions and that are clear to them. So, yeah. I'm super pumped for it.
0: Yeah. You're um, going to have so, you're going to have your hands full with us,
1: Ryan. <laughs> oh, come on, bring it. So, uh for the listeners, um why don't you we'll do the same two questions. What does the word intentional mean for you and then also where does everybody find you?
0: I love the word intentional. It is proactive and purposeful and forward. It's actions that love you it. do that are purposeful uh, and forward and growth oriented. You can find me pretty simply. I, you know, I go by my name. My website is StacyFinder.com. LinkedIn is also a really good place to find a lot of my fresh material. I use it like a little bit of a blog. And uh, my website, email, and phone number are all available there.
1: Stacey, thank you so much for participating. This This is going to be fun.
0: Yeah, you got it. It was a, it's a, it's always a ball to work with you, Ryan. (laughs) Thanks so much.
1: Well, I hope you got some practical and actionable takeaways from that episode by truly figuring out who you are, what you want, why, what are your blind spots, really dissipating that ego, and saying, okay here's exactly how I'm essentially the biggest thing holding myself back, which I think a lot of us are. And the more you can get clarity on that, then you can then go approach the stakeholders that all rely on you in the different components and the different areas that Stacy talked about, not knowing who you are and your you know, essentially your blind spots. It's crazy com- confusing and the amount of conflict that gets boiled up because you're just wearing all these hats and you're not sure what hat you're wearing. We're trying to create these concepts so you can put labels to them and then better understand how to take action when they arise so that way you can keep true north towards that eventual goal that you have and be intentional with the discussions you're having with everybody. If you haven't checked out the Intentional Growth Training, first principle in the five principles, we have a bunch of exercises, one called the Stakeholder Exercise, one called the Vision vision Wheel, which everybody loves about really identifying the integration that your identity has with your company in these different eight areas of your of your personality and essentially the happiness of your life. And then the intentional growth uh, assessment, which is really just a, a, a 38 true false questions that says, okay, how do you look at these decisions and say, okay, how would I answer what I wanted long-term based on now what I've identified as this is the things that are important to me, like family, legacy, disrupted industry, You know these people, whatever it is, by identifying what you want, then you can use that as a lens for decision-making in the future. So go check it out, intentionalgrowth.io. And for next week, I'm going to be having Rob Dubé on the the podcast. He is the founder of Image One. He was in the book Traction and he is in a new uh, venture with Gina Wickman. And we're going to be talking about the 10 disciplines to maximize and enhance your energy as an entrepreneur. So that way you can continue to relentlessly work towards the goals that you want, but have fun while you're doing it so you can be creating wealth and making an impact so thanks everybody for tuning in and uh very looking forward to next week